Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my dear friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with a Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. And we are in our series called the Know Your Faith series as we go through the Gospel of Luke. And um, we're in Luke 11. We've been talking about persevering in prayer. In this broadcast, we're going to look at perseverance in prayer again. But one of the things I want to do before we get there is to take you to Ephesians chapter 1 and give you a strong reason for confidence in your praying. I think there's a major difference if we're not confident in praying and then we see that we've got to persevere in prayer, that can sometimes be difficult to handle. But when we're confident in prayer because of who we are, then we can persevere because we understand that our God and Father is a prayer-answering, covenant-keeping, miracle-working God. And so I want to begin in Ephesians 1 uh, in this broadcast. But of course, before we do that, let's pray. Father, thank you for every single man, woman, young person, and child that is listening to this broadcast. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would stir within us a greater heart after God, but also that you would help us to understand our value to the Father as, as his sons and as his daughters. Father, we ask that you would help us to realize that you accomplish your will in the earth through our praying. But our praying first and foremost is to know you. It's not first and foremost to get answers, but it's first and foremost to know you. Thank you for that truth. And now, Holy Spirit, you are the master teacher. We ask that you would lead and guide and direct us in all of your ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right, my friends, I want you to understand your sonship before God, your sonship before God. And so Paul says in Ephesians 1, verse 3, and this first word, he is exclaiming with great joy, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, I have counted unofficially about 26 spiritual blessings in Christ in this chapter 
alone. Now, I may my accounting may be off a little bit, so don't quote me completely, but you examine for yourself how many spiritual blessings there are just in chapter 1 alone and every single one is in Christ. It's through Christ. It's because of Christ. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, not in the earthly realm, but in the heavenly realm where uh, it cannot, our blessings cannot be stolen. They cannot be corrupted. They cannot be lost. They are secure. Amen. And the very first one that he gives is in verse four, just as he, that is the father, chose us in him, that is the son, before the foundation of the world. Now, friend, think about this with me. God knew you before you were even born. And God knew you before he even created all that exists. He knew me by name. He knew the day that I would be born, and he knew the day that I would be born again before he created anything. Now, that tells you how vital we are and important we are to God. And, and of all the things that he has created, we are the only ones that were created in his image and according to his likeness. Can we stop and pray and just thank him for that. Would you say this with me? Heavenly Father, please say it with me. Heavenly Father, thank you that I have been created in your image and according to your likeness. And thank you that you knew me before the foundation of the world. Amen. Now, you see, my friends, why I'm doing that is because I want to teach you the importance of praying Scripture. Now, let's move on. He chose us uh, in Him, that is, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. And then notice the, the reason, that is, the responsibility that we have because we're chosen in Him, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. Well, that makes sense because God our Father is holy and God the Son is holy and we are grafted in Him. We're united in Him. Um, and so we have the nature of, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Holiness is a liberating thing. Holiness is something that is free from sin and free from poison. I'm not saying or suggesting that we never sin, but what I am saying is that we want to take on the nature of our Father in heaven and be like Him and not be like the sinful things of the world or the sinful people of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. What does blameless mean? It doesn't mean to be without sin. It means mature or complete. What, what does that mean? Well, it means that we're always to be growing in maturity, growing in Christ-likeness, growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the area of prayer, growing in everything that the Bible sets before us. And my friend, 
that brings great joy to our own lives. It brings great joy to God our Father. It honors Him, and it is a witness both to believer and to non-believer alike. Well, the last one that I want to look at, uh, the other spiritual blessing is in the rest of this verse, in love, and then we move on to verse 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons. That is a generic term for sons and daughters. Let's look at it again. How did he do it? In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons. How did he do it? Through Jesus Christ to himself. Now, again, how did he do this? He did it in love. The Greek word love is agape, and agape means unconditional love, but it means more than that. It means a sacrificial love. It means a serving love. It means a giving love. That's how God loved us when he gave of great sacrifice to himself, his only unique son, so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, look at this again. How did he do it? He did it in love. And what did he do? He predestined us. That is, before, again, before creation, before we were born, God predestined us to be his sons and daughters, but it's through Jesus Christ to himself. So my friend, if you are in Christ, you are, if you're a female, you are God's daughter. And if you're a male, you are God's son. We are now part of his family, which is why we can and should refer to him as our father. But it's always in Christ Jesus, right? Do you see that? And uh, let's just finish off this verse. How else did he do all this? He did it according to the kind intention of his will. That tells us about the nature of God. He planned for us. He purposed for us. He provided for us through the cross of Christ. He predestined us, and he did it in love. He did it according to the kind intention of his will. And Paul has to stop and utter this phrase to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. See that emphasis, the beloved is Jesus. And so, my friends, when we now come to Luke chapter 11, and we we look at this issue of persevering in prayer, we persevere in prayer, or we pray from a position of security. We pray from a position of strength. We pray from a position of sonship. You see, we're not beggars, but we belong in the house. We're not outside the house knocking trying to get in, but we walk into the house that is of God our Father because we're sons and daughters and we belong in his presence. We have his nature. Now, my friends, that gives us 
far more confidence than if we knew these things. So let's stop and pray again. And would you just say with me, Father, thank you that I am your son or daughter. Thank you that in love you accomplish this. Thank you that I have been predestined as your son and daughter according to the kindness of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we can go to Luke chapter 11, verse 5, but let me just remind you that in where the Lord's Prayer is verses 1 through 4, and remember that we, we looked at the fuller account in Matthew chapter 6, and if you'll recall, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, what did Jesus say? He said that when we come to pray, we go into that special place, we pray to our Father who is in heaven, and that our Father who is in heaven will hear us and reward us. And then I've said many times that the reward, the greatest reward of all, is Him. It's His presence before we get answers to our prayers. The greatest reward of all is knowing God. It is His presence. It is loving Him and allowing Him to love us as well. And that is why Jesus said when, when we come into this pattern of prayer, the first thing that we should do is just hallow his name. That is, thank him for who he is. That is to, to praise him for who he is. Not to do all the talking, but to talk and listen just like in any relationship. And then we went through all the different categories or the, the, um, the sections, if you will, of that, what I like to call the Lord's pattern of prayer. Now, there's something else, though, that Jesus wants us to understand because he understands our human nature. And our human nature is such that when it comes to prayer, he knows how easily that we can give up, how easily we can quit, how easily we can grow discouraged or weary or given to evil. And so, Jesus wants us to understand that in some cases when we pray, we sense God our Father's presence immediately. In some cases when we pray, we have the answers immediately. But in other cases when we pray, we may not sense the presence of God our Father. And so we have to we can't go by our feelings or our emotions. We must walk by faith and not by sight or by emotion. And likewise, when we pray, sometimes we need to pray about a matter twice or three times or 30 times. Or in my case, it seems like 300 times. There's never anything wrong with persevering in prayer. Because always, my friend, when God calls us to persevere in prayer, there's something else that he is concerned about. There are many other things that he is concerned about. Maybe 
Well, we'll go into some of those things after we go through Luke 11, verses 5 through 13. So are you ready? Let's look at verse 5 of Luke chapter 11. Then he said to them, that is to his disciples, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight. Well, already you can tell that this is not a convenient time for the man or for his friend. And he says to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Well, there's there's a sense of urgency on the part of this man who is now a host, right? In that society, as in many societies throughout the world today, hospitality is something that is extremely important. And when someone comes, presumably from a long journey, you can't just say to him, well, listen, it's midnight. I don't have any food for you. Um, sorry about that. I'll get something for you in the morning. Most likely, this man coming from a journey is hungry. That's why his friend and now host went to his neighbor to say, I need to feed this man. And part of feeding is socialization, fellowship. So what he's asking for is something that is good. It's something that is necessary. It's not something that is selfish. But what happens? He immediately runs into an obstacle. What is the obstacle? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 7, and from inside, his friend answers and says, don't bother me. <laughs> he probably says it in a irritated tone of voice. Hey, why are you knocking? Don't you realize I was asleep? Why are you knocking on the door? Don't bother me. The door has already been shut. My children and I are in bed, and I cannot get up and give you anything. Now, is that a true statement? I cannot get up and give you anything? No. But the man didn't want to be bothered. What is it? He said right away, don't bother me. Right? So he uses an excuse to say, listen, the door is shut. That's one reason. My children and I are in bed. That's another reason. Therefore, I can't give you anything. Now, that's not true. But then Jesus says in verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, some friend, yet because of his persistence, that is, the man that is knocking. He won't take no for an answer. And it's interesting that that word persistence means shamelessness. Shamelessness. This man is not going to take no for an answer. He doesn't listen to what his friend said. He doesn't care about the excuses. He just continues to knock, knock, knock. Please open the door. This is important. And so Jesus says, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So he said, I couldn't give, get up, but now he's going to give him as much as he needs. 
So by comparison, Jesus is not saying that God our Father is stingy or reluctant or makes excuses to answer our prayers. He is comparing how good God the Father is with a fallen, sinful man. And he's saying, look, in your world, you understand the importance of perseverance to get what you're asking for. Well, you still have to persevere in prayer, but God the Father is far more, uh, far better than, than any human being, of course. And so, verse 9, Jesus says, So I say to you, and remember what you're doing. You and I are praying from a position of security as God our Father's sons. So we can pray with confidence. And so Jesus says in verse 9, So I say to you, ask. But it's in the present tense. It means ask and don't quit. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek. And don't stop seeking, and you will find. Knock, and don't stop knocking, and it will be open to you. Now watch this, beloved. In verse 10, Jesus says, for everyone. Now that word in the Greek text is emphatic. You would, you would underline it and highlight it. Everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. So there is an assurance from God our Father that what we are seeking as long as it's part of his will, he is not responsible, and he's not going to, to give us something that is outside of his will. And so we have to understand to the best of our ability what the will of God is. And if we don't understand, then we should ask for wisdom because James tells us if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And guess what? That word ask is in the present tense. Let him ask and continue to ask. So again, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach or correction or rebuke. So Jesus, look at what he is saying to here. He is saying it, sometimes you are going to have to persevere in prayer. He's just, isn't it good that he's, He's upfront and honest with us. Now, why? That's the question. Why is it important that we persevere in prayer? Well, in one sense, I think one of the reasons is for us to be humble. Because look, if we get everything we ask from God immediately, then we are going to become impatient and we're, we're going to become prideful. But, if, but you see, perseverance means that we have to humble ourselves before God because what we're doing in 
in persevering and humbling ourselves is admitting that what he has to give and when he wants to give it, that is all up to him. We can't force him. We can't pressure him. And so we have to come before him humbly and persevering in prayer requires humility because God is, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one reason. And there, there's another reason. The second reason is to increase our desire. Listen, if we just ask one time for something and God gives it to us, there, there's really very little desire. How badly do you want something? You will pray until it happens. Do you know, my friends, I prayed for 17 years for my dad's salvation. 17 years. Now, I wish that it would have been 17 minutes or 17 days or 17 months. Now, I don't know why it took 17 years. But one thing I do know, my dad wasn't ready to be saved at that point or, or until those 17 years. But I'll tell you what, just like I'm sharing this testimony with you this moment, the fact that God answered my prayer for my dad's salvation to this day, and that was many, many years ago, that was if memory serves me correctly, that was back in 1995. But you can, you can hear it in my voice how grateful I am to God for my dad's salvation. I'll never forget it. And I've learned the lesson of persevering, prevailing prayer. Now, I hope and trust by the Holy Spirit, my friend, that you are, through God's word, more confident in your sonship, more confident in approaching God your Father in prayer, because what we've seen in Luke 11 is Jesus' assurance that he will answer. And then I've given you a few examples of why God calls us to persevere, why it seems that he delays. So let me pray for you now. Father, thank you for every man, woman, young person, and child that is listening to this broadcast. And there are few greater gifts in the world, in all of life, than prayer. Thank you, Father, that you are a prayer-answering, covenant-keeping, miracle-working God, and that you answer our prayers. And I'm asking now for your people throughout this listening audience, all over Africa, Latin America, North America, that you would meet our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Healing needs, financial needs, social needs, whatever it is. Father, I am standing in agreement with my brothers and sisters who have been asking you and let it be done according to your will and in your timing.
And Father, I'm going to ask right now, while I have an opportunity for, uh, for agreement with my brothers and sisters in prayer, I want to bring my wife before your throne of grace, Maureen, who has what could be a serious uh, issue with her eye, with her retina. And we are asking now in the name of Jesus that you would heal her eyesight right now. And then, Father, for this skin cancer on my back, which is called melanoma, we are asking in the name of Jesus, our healer, that you would remove the melanoma from my back in Jesus' name. And then, Father, as I get ready to travel to Uganda, would you pour your spirit out upon me and the team I'm bringing and all the men and women and children that we minister to in Uganda do miracles, bring forth multitudes of salvations, and protect us from sickness, disease, and calamity in Jesus' name. And would you say with me, amen and amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.